page 496. It will be read in verses 1 through 10. So Isaiah 11. A shoot shall come out from the stump of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. The spirit of the Lord shall rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. His delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide by what his ears hear, but with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. He shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt around his waist, and faithfulness the belt around his loins. The wolf shall live with the lamb, the leopard shall lie down with the kid, the calf and the lion and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze, their young shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play over the hole of the asp, and the winged child shall put its hand on the adder's den. They will not hurt or destroy on all my holy mountain, for the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. This is the word of the Lord. Father God, as we spend some time reflecting on your word this morning, we we pray that you would open our eyes to see it in new ways. May these prophecies and promises set before us be a light that shines brightly in a world that sometimes seems so dark. Lord, we pray that you would help us set aside any distractions or anxieties and help us focus solely on you as you speak to us this morning. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So as Lindsay introduced for us, Isaiah was a prophet about 800 years before Jesus. And he was a prophet to the southern kingdom of Judah at a time when the northern kingdom of Israel had been destroyed. The Assyrian army had come at the request of the southern empire to help them and dismantled the rest of the northern kingdom. And now the Assyrians and the Babylonians and these large empires were starting to turn their eye to the kingdom of Judah, all that remained of this one great nation of Israel. And Isaiah had the unfortunate task of being the person to name their doom, And the kings didn't really like him very much. And the picture he paints here of that peaceful kingdom was so great, was so grand, that it would have captured their imagination. But they also would have thought they could get there on their own. Because the kingdom of Judah was trying to rely on their own strength. And that was why these kingdoms, both the northern and the southern kingdom, were starting to fall apart. Because even though God had established them, they had turned away from God. They had been charmed by the power of their own military, 
by their own strategy in trying to form alliances. They were ignoring the words of prophets to turn back to God. And so they were being destroyed. But the one last thing that the kingdom of Judah was holding on to was that in their kingdom was the city of Jerusalem, the stronghold of the line of David. And whereas the northern kingdom of Israel had fallen apart, they were like, no, we have Jerusalem. God promised to David that his descendants would always sit on the throne. We will not be destroyed. And Isaiah comes along and says, uh, you, yeah, you're like, the way the northern kingdom went, that is your future. These empires are going to come in and destroy your nation and push you into exile. That darkness is real and it is coming and you have to accept it. But on the other end of that is going to be this beautiful new kingdom that is greater than anything you currently know. All of those things that you strive for, for justice, for righteousness, for care of the impoverished, those are going to be done perfectly. And things in nature that we don't even control, interactions between predators and prey, natural healthy fear we have of animals and reptiles that can hurt us, all of that is going to go away and is going to be perfectly peaceful. And that is going to come out of this new shoot that will come from the house of Jesse. What was promised will continue. The, the line of David will continue, just not in the way you think. Now, because we have the rest of the Old Testament and the New Testament, we do know that Jesus is in the house of David. He fulfills that prophecy perfectly. But that's what we're waiting for. We're waiting for that kingdom to come. We've seen the first half of that prophecy be fulfilled. We've seen what was cut down start to have new life growing out of it. But we're not quite there yet. So this past week, I got to be in Arizona, and I was at this beautiful Franciscan Renewal Center out in the desert. And being a Franciscan retreat, they had lots of spiritual disciplines that they facilitated for you there. So one of the things they had was a beautiful labyrinth. And so I have a picture of a labyrinth for you. So on one of our breaks, I spent some time walking through this labyrinth and reflecting on this passage. And what really stood out to me was the way it is set up that echoes our life with Jesus. This one wasn't the exact pattern of the one I walked, but when you're walking a labyrinth, you'll find that when you start it, you actually head right for the center. You think you're going to get there right away, but then it veers away. 
And you go through all of these twists and turns. You go around the whole perimeter, getting closer and getting further away from the center. Which, because it's, it's not the high walls that you sometimes think of with maze, it's all flat. So you can see the whole thing from the beginning. And it's sometimes tempting to just want to, like, walk over the stones and just go to the center and be like, I finished. <laughs> but that's why it's a discipline, <laughs> is you teach yourself to be patient as you're going through these twists and turns. And that is Advent. It is this intentional season of saying, we already know what's at the center. That has been fully revealed to us. But we are choosing for this season to not just hop over the lines and go to the center and celebrate that. But we're going to do the work. We're going to focus on the discipline of preparing our hearts, of dwelling in the truth of God's word, but also in the reality of our world, of examining our own hearts as we go through the twists and turns of life. One of the really beautiful things about this labyrinth was at the very center, there was an accumulation of things that people had left there. And some of them were medallions of saints. But there was also fancy jewelry, Bible verses, special tokens that people placed there as an acknowledgement to God of his presence with them on that journey, as something that they had carried with them that they were leaving in honor of God. And isn't that also Advent? That work of examination isn't just to catalog the things in our life and be like, that's great, I know myself better now but to do the honest, hard work of saying, what are the things that I need to let go of? What are the things that I need to set down and leave with God so that I can be more equipped to do his work? What are the praises and the gratitudes that are God's due but what are the artificial things that have charmed us away from God? What are the distractions that are pulling our focus from the righteousness and the justice that we know is God's work? And are we ready to set those down? Because the other thing about labyrinths is once you get to the center, you're not done. You have to get your way back out the same way you came. And it really resonated with me this week that that is the whole rest of the year after Advent. We're not doing the work of preparing our hearts just for that one day, just for that one celebration. But we are doing that work of setting down all of those distractions, all of those temptations, so that God can send us back out. Because the light that came 
isn't just for us. It is for all people. This kingdom that is coming, we might not see it in its fullness yet, but we get to see glimpses of it. Every time we see kindness or compassion or mercy in one of our fellow humankind, we get a glimpse of that light. Every time we see our court systems bring justice, God's light is reflected. Every time someone asks for forgiveness and someone gives forgiveness. When we see the hurts and the needs of the world and we are moved outside of ourselves to answer, part of God's kingdom is shining through. But God has called us to that work. We can't just stay in the center, celebrating our own personal journey with God. At some point, you want to leave. But that means doing the work of leaving things behind and of finding the gifts and the passions and the opportunities that God has given each and every one of us to start building this kingdom. Because it is a grand vision. I think sometimes this vision doesn't even make sense to us because it is so beyond anything that we know. Being in the States also has the downside of being in the American news cycle. And it is not great. The number of shootings, the political situation, it is not that hard to see darkness. And there is no place on earth that is exempt from that. But what God has spoken, we can trust. What he has promised, we know will come true. So while we might start in darkness, Advent doesn't leave us there. We have to do the work. We have to go around every curve. We sometimes move further away from the light that we see. But we will get there in the end. Because the difference between a labyrinth and a maze is that in a maze there's different options. You can actually get lost. You can make a decision and not ever get to the center. But in a labyrinth, if you follow through, you will always find your way to the center and always find your way out. And that is our God. If we stay focused on the light of Jesus, we will always find our way to God. And he will always show us how to be reflections of his light in this world so that everyone can see that this 
peaceful kingdom will come. That justice and righteousness and mercy can happen. And we can bring that here and now. I invite you to spend, we'll spend a couple, two minutes walking your own heart. What are the things that you need to set down and leave behind? Word shall rest on him, spirit of wisdom and understanding the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. His delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. The light of Jesus is a great one, and it is a pure light that offers us a promise of a beautiful kingdom greater than anything we yet know. This Advent season, will you continue to stay on the path of following the light and of preparing your heart for the coming of that kingdom under the reign of our Savior? Father God, we thank you for your love, for your relentless pursuit of your children, regardless of the number of times that we have turned our back on you, of all of the days that we are distracted by the things of this world that draw our gaze away. Lord, we thank you that you loved us so much that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to show us a new way to live and to one day rule over a kingdom with perfect peace. Lord, we pray that your spirit might be working among us. Help us be reflections of that love in this world. And in times of darkness, may we be small flames that reflect the amazing light of who you are. Lord, we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.